Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 6 p.m. Dharma Recovery Monday night um, at Soul Center and online. I'm glad to see everybody. Welcome, Maggie. Oh, yeah, she's still got to be admitted. Um, I'm John, and I'm glad you're all here. Uh, <clears throat> so I hope you all had a, a nice Christmas. Um, I'd love to tell you all a Christmas story and uh, pack your stuff, uh, pack your stockings full of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, this Christmas has been a good Christmas, like every other Christmas. I like Christmas lights, and I like all the yard decorations, and mostly I like the pagan elements of Christian. I like the trees, and I like the music, and I enjoyed it. But stuff came up to make me a little more reflective, and um, so it existed side by side. And I was like worried my Christmas would be ruined, but I let go of that. And my Christmas was just different, but it was still felt like Christmas. And I was, I was grateful for that, but I realized not everybody likes Christmas, and I can see why a lot of people don't like it. So um, that's why I just don't want to go that deep into it today, um, even though I do. Um, what I do, I, I love them. Julia's what I hear from the light and darkness and I'm going to go into something that can be, <clears throat> that some people label as dark. It's labeled as dark, but I don't think it's really dark. Um, just about a couple months ago, things in my job just got crazy, and they're, and they're still crazy right now, and I'm, I'm dealing with it. But I heard there's a chance, you know, that you know, I may not be there, you know, as of tomorrow, but that's, that's passing by for now, apparently, right? It's all good, um, and I don't want to go into any details. But part of me panicked, and it panicked because, oh no, you know, I make such good money, and I have such good benefits, and my life has been so comfortable, and I've been there for uh, 24 years, um, which is a long time. And I'm like, there's that panicked side, and it caused a lot of insecurity and unsettledness to me. And then there's the side of me, it's like, yippee, I can get out of here and get unemployment. And I can have a few months to think things out and look for something new, and I'll even get paid less to do something not as hard. That was something that had happened concurrently. And that was, to me, the, the beautiful road to non-attachment of, of whatever happened. I discovered that <clears throat> no matter what happened, there would be meaning, and there would be joy, and there would be good things in my future either way. And on the flip side, there'd be suffering in my future, either way, either way. And um, so I sat with that, and, uh, and it was a good thing to sit with. Um, so it, as of today, I'm still indecisive of what I want to do, but what I needed to recognize was um, my discomfort with being unsettled and being discontent. And discontent is like anything if you have a practice. Um, more and more, I don't want to think of things as Buddhist or Christian or Muslim or, or, or Hindu. I think a lot, all religions have extremists and all religions have people who are very sacred. I, I really believe that. Um, what that has to do with discontent is, so I go, I go online to do my research. I go and see what people have to say about discontent. And what I found to me was, um, it was interesting. 
almost everyone who has any spiritual practice, almost every New Age person, almost everyone who's into Buddhism, um, hate discontent. They say how discontent can destroy your spirituality, how discontent can, you know, all these things. And, um, and to be fair, especially Christians, but um, it was across the board. People do not like discontent. And I'm just going, okay, is this, is this, can this be a real destroyer of spirituality? And, and yeah, dis, like anything, if I'm attached to it, if it's really something that I indulge in and let go too far, it can hurt my spirituality. But I feel like if I ignore it, it can hurt my spirituality. Um, I would argue that um, all great change comes from discontent. Um, I don't want to be addicted to this item, this drug, this process anymore. I don't want to be abused by this group of people anymore. Um, I don't want to be trapped by this set of religious or dogmatic beliefs anymore. That all was discontent with me when I made those decisions. Um, and what I, just looking at it, just over the last few weeks, um, discontent is not a lack of gratitude. I still feel massive gratitude for the things I enjoy in my life, for my pets, my family, my friends, my spiritual practices, my home, even my job. I feel great gratitude. Um, so discontent is not a lack of gratitude. Um, disconnect is... Um, not uh, an attachment. If, it's, if I practice right discontent, it's not an attachment. As a fact, my disconnect, discontent can point to an attachment I have that's not doing me any good. It's just pointing it out. Um, and again, ignoring discontent can Discontent is there for a reason, and ignoring it, I think, can be dangerous. It's better to be curious about it. I go, what am I discontent about? Why am I discontent? What reasons? What would happen if I change this? Is it a better path if I change it? Just hold it and go with it. And then I go, and for me, I'll be, I'll be afraid of the changes. So I'll want to, like, again, deny the discontent. And I'm like, no, hold on to the discontent. Why are you afraid of the changes? And um, so, and curiosity, and that's something I've learned a lot here from people here who talk a lot about curiosity, so I try to be curious when I have those feelings. Um, so that's what's been happening the last few weeks is all, uh, all the Christmas music's been playing and all the lights have been on everywhere, and as I drive to work in the dark and drive home in the dark and, and, uh, and enjoyed a lot of, you know, company and gatherings in, in the back of my head, it's like, um, once this process starts with me, no matter what I choose to do, something's going to change. Even if it doesn't look like change from the outside, something on the inside is going to change. And that's good. So for me, discontent is um, not something to be avoided, not something to be averse to, not something to be attached to. And um, with that, I just would love to just have a basic meditation tonight. So 
I, I keep thinking that, so I'm going to get rolling. Thanks for listening to me. Do you, oh, do you know what time it is, Joey? I'm just trying to... Thanks. I'm just trying to keep track of that. Okay. Sit or lie down in a comfortable but attentive posture. Either allow your body to just sink into the floor or your back to be straight, not rigid or stiff. Allow your face and your jaw to relax. With your arms and your hands in a comfortable position. Be attentive to what's happening within your awareness, right here and right now, without judgment. As you sit, begin to notice the sensations of your breath. Pay attention for a moment to the way your abdomen moves on each in-breath and out-breath, the movement of air through your nostrils, and the slight motion of your chest and shoulders. Find the place in your body where the sensation of breathing is most vivid, whether it be your abdomen, chest, or shoulders, or the movement of your nostrils as you take in air and release it. See how aware you can be of your whole cycle of breathing, recognizing that each part of the cycle is different. You will notice your attention shifting away from the breath from time to time. It's perfectly normal for thoughts to arise and to wander into fantasies, memories, worries, or things you need to do. When you notice your mind wandering, try to meet it with a spirit of friendliness. You don't need to do anything about it. There is nothing to fix. Try to allow yourself to become curious about what it's like to be breathing right now. You'll find that your attention is naturally drawn back to the physical sensations of the breath as it moves through your body.
stay alert, relaxed, and above all, compassionate as you maintain awareness of where the mind goes. Each time you notice the mind getting distracted or wandering, gently shift your awareness back to the sensations of your breath. Notice the tendency to want to control your breathing. Try to allow the quality of your attention to be light and easy, one of simply observing and noticing. You don't need to control the duration, intensity, or pace of your breathing. Just be present. As you meditate, notice where your mind goes in terms of thoughts that may be pleasant or unpleasant, awareness of perceptions, sensations or sounds, or feelings of peace, sadness, joy, frustration, or anticipation. Notice these thoughts and feelings, then return to your awareness to sensation of the movement of your breath. If your mind is drifted off into a thought, fantasy, judgment, worry, or becomes very focused on a sensation or sound, notice in a friendly way what is happening and come back to awareness of your breath. Recognize the distraction is important as your awareness shifts away from your breath and comes back to it.
Notice how one thought leads to another, then another. In those moments when you get lost in thought or your awareness goes elsewhere, see if it is possible to notice the amount, the moment when that change in your awareness happens, when you recognize that your mind has wandered. This is a moment of mindfulness. You can acknowledge yourself for noticing that your attention has gone somewhere else before bringing it back to your breath and in a friendly and non-judgmental way. As this meditation comes to an end, recognize that you spent this time aware of your moment-to-moment -moment experience. You are building your capacity for opening the senses to the vividness and aliveness of the present moment, and to recognize without judgment how your experience changes. Then, when you're ready, allow your eyes to open and your attention to gently return to your surroundings. We will now close with the dedication of merit. Uh, refuge does not arise in a particular place, but in the space within the goodness of our own hearts. When this space is imbued with wisdom, respect, and love, we call it Sangha. We hope that the pain of addiction, trauma, and feeling apart actually leads us back toward the heart and that we might understand compassion, wisdom, and change ever more deeply. As we have learned from practice, great pain does not erase goodness, but in fact informs it. May we make the best use of our practice and whatever freedom arises from our efforts here today. May this be a cause and condition for less suffering and more safety in our world. Namaste. <laughs>